Chris Pierce, passionately Portsmouth. Buttons won't work. What's going on? Uh, welcome to it. Everyone there from Studio 2 at our penthouse suite on the first night. Thanks to your company. Welcome to Express This Week. Uh, this is Chris Pierce here, as always, at three minutes past eight. On Thursday night, it's February the 20th, 2020. Now, unknown to you, and not wishing to get too much technical uh, wizardry tonight, but I've had to plug my phone and my headphones in another socket, and it sounds completely different. <laughs> I haven't got a clue what's going on. Oh, dear. See, it's live. It's not recorded. I feel as if I'm talking out of a drain tonight, but never mind. Some would say that uh, is most often the case, actually, on a Thursday night, but anyway. We've got news and news for now until 9 o'clock. Tonight, 10 past 8, we're uh, talking to Claire Waters. Claire is the chief exec of the Bus Users UK group. Uh, we'll find out more about them and uh, some of the government initiatives announced uh, over the last couple of weeks. So Claire's with us uh, for a quick chat about that tonight at 10 past 8. And our profile guest just after 20 past 8 this evening. Great to have him back with us here last year, right about this time, I think. Time flies, we're having fun, you see. We've got Elaine and Fiona from the Hampshire Genealogy Society. HGS, let's call it that because it's easy to pronounce. They're our profile guests. And I'm playing uh, two of their songs as well. Oh, we haven't discussed that. We'll, we'll talk about that in seconds. Uh, so we'll play two of those songs. All part of our profile guest tonight, we'll chat about that. We'll get in touch with the show tonight, incidentally. You can do that, as always, at studio at expressfm.com. The email address here in the studio to get in touch with the show tonight. So all that and more tonight from now until 9 o'clock this evening here on this week's Express This Week. Evening to you from Emsworth. You could be in Clanfield, you could be in Waterlooville, you could be in Purport tonight, I don't know. Put uh, pull that one out there. Right across Portsmouth, right across Fairman Gospel uh, and Portchester too. Didn't mention Portchester too much. So I'll say hello to you as well. We happen to be across Portsmouth and South East Hampshire. Thanks for your company tonight. Action-packed programme for you for now on to nine tonight, as I say. Uh, we're talking in uh, a couple of minutes to Claire Waters uh, for Bus Users UK. Uh, government's uh, initiative, of course, being announced the last sort of couple of weeks or so. Uh, about uh, £5 billion boost um, from the government for bus services. We'll talk more about that too. And uh, also, uh, Bus User responds to new research on England's expanding transport deserts. I'm sure we'll touch on that as well so we'll try and squeeze in as much as we can uh, with Claire a little chat tonight yeah 13 minutes past eight here we are live on a Thursday night from our penthouse suite here if they plush tonight in fact when we went to get uh, our guest tonight Fiona here, I was mobbed I thought crikey Fan clubs arrived. There's only students coming down from lectures, that was all it was. Never mind, you can but dream. Uh, we're here tonight, tonight to say what's been going on across the area for the last seven days. And uh, one of the stories this week, we welcome, or bus users certainly welcome, five billion pounds boost from government for bus services. To chat more from Bus Users UK, uh, it's Claire Waters, she's on the line with us now. Claire, good evening to you. Hi, Chris. How are you? You all right? I'm well, thank you. Yeah, Good. Thank, thankfully the wind's 
rain stopped battering the windows. Oh, what a week, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> absolutely madness. awful, absolutely awful weather. Uh, not good weather, really, to get on the bus, is it? To be fair, <laughs> we'll wait well, for bus. the bus. Buses are the one thing that's kept going through most of this horrendous weather, to be honest. They yeah. might have to go a bit of a detour, but at least they can, unlike the trains that are got really stuck. Yes, it's, uh, this is very true, actually. Now, I mean, mm. bus uh, services, they've been slated for years now, haven't they, one way or the other. Uh, is there yeah. light at the end of the tunnel now? Will this £5 billion boost from government, do you think? Well, it's certainly nice to see buses coming back on the agenda a bit and people not turning their nose up so much, especially lots of people who haven't been on a bus in 30 years. They, they don't really know what they're looking at now. And lots of the buses now are looking green, they're clean, got Wi-Fi and leather seats and all this malarkey. Um, and everybody seems to remember something from on the buses, you know, lots of rattles and uh, grumpy people and all the rest of it. It just really isn't like that now. So the people making the decisions need to spend a bit more time actually travelling on the buses and then they'll know what they're looking at. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? If you don't travel on the bus and you're making all these noises, then uh, you're not really in a position to make any comment, are you? Well, I mean, people can comment on whatever they like and frequently do, as we know. Um, <laughs> yes, and the radio wouldn't be the same without it, would Yeah, it? absolutely not. Um, <laughs> but I do think um, yeah. it's important if you're working in a local authority or you're a councillor or you're a parish councillor that you completely understand the social purpose of the bus. It's not simply a question of running something up and down the road so you can get somewhere occasionally, um, as long as you want it at the right time. It's actually holding the whole country together. There are millions of people who can't get anywhere without a bus. And it's not just the elderly and the disabled, which is what seems to get stuck in people's heads. Young people, people who work shifts, um, anyone who's trying to go to college or trying to get a, an out-of-hours job because most entry-level jobs are obviously starting early or finishing late. And if your bus service can get you to work, but then you can't get home again, you're going to be spending money on taxis or trying to catch lifts off someone. Lots of students end up going to colleges for their second or third choice course because they just can't get there. So buses are really important. And three times as many people catch buses as trains. And we have to think about that when we're planning ahead of how people actually get around. So it's not just the sort of elderly people day out kind of idea that seems to have got lodged in a lot of people's heads. No, and that's it. So is the £5 billion then uh, lodged at the end of the tunnel after all these years then, do you think, Claire? Oh, definitely. It's, yes. a, it's a good start. It's a start. <laughs> it's a good start. I could spend it several times over yes. to put in place things that have been lost. Um, trying to put in place a bit of priority for buses because, I mean, I don't have to tell a lot of your listeners, if you're trying to get um, to, <laughs> to Port the Island yes. at rush hour or off, then you're all competing for a small amount of road space and you're all burning huge amounts of pollutants and you're all sending up particulates from the road and nobody's getting anywhere. But you can't expect people to leave their car at home if they don't think the bus is reliable. Mm. So it's a kind of six of one and a half dozen of the other. You've really got to put some priority in place for buses. Then uh, you've got to make sure that they're punctual and reliable yes. and affordable because they're all accessible, so that's okay. But you need to build confidence in people that their bus services will come and that they will be on time. 
And that's the sort of the bugbear, isn't it? It's certainly around uh, our transmission area, Portsmouth and South East Hampshire. Not just oh. Portsmouth, what I'm thinking, haven't Gosport, Fairham, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, right across the area, really. Uh, very similar sorts of stories coming up. Obviously, traffic problems uh, not helping, but we've got the, the BRT, haven't we, between Fairham and Gosport, which I, mm-hmm. I understand mm-hmm. is very successful. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, First Bus just sort of invested in brand new buses uh, between Portsmouth and Cosh and Waterlooville area. Absolutely. There's an awful lot of money being poured into buses generally, not just um, since this announcement. There's been a lot of energy gone into um, making the buses greener and cleaner. and They're much further advanced than the motor car industry. And HGVs are still pretty murky and all the rest of it. But actually, there's just too many vehicles on the road. So at some point, something's got to give. And that's part of the problem, that you're going to need to give priority to public transport. And that needs to be kept clear. So you get people not very happy about bus lanes, but there are much more simple technology ways of giving priority to buses, where you can just get the lights to face so that they recognise the bus and they've just let the traffic through when there's a bus. And people wanting to drive in bus lanes, you can't. That's, there's no point, because if you drive in the bus lane, then the bus has no priority. It's not getting you anywhere. You want to drive in a bus lane, catch the bus. Simple as that, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but what's good about this, though, Kay, this is a, a package over five years. It is, it is. And hopefully that some of that money will also be spent on things like decent bus shelters and lighting and mm good information and that kind of stuff because uh, there's an awful lot of technology goes into um, information now, which is great if you've yeah. got the kind of bus stop near you with the signs and all that. But actually, a, a bit of paper with the signs on it also doesn't go amiss in some areas where the signals are not too great and you can't necessarily rely on the technology no, working. that's it, isn't it? Um, it is. So you, you can't get too fancy no. um, because not everybody's got that kind of tech. Um, at their disposal all the time, even if they want it. And, of course, we're talking electric buses now, aren't we? And uh, oh, yeah. and, and talk of super bus services. Yes, yes. Well, the super bus services, um, again, the, the, the Eclipse is kind of a similar sort of thing. It's a, it's a very rapid, straight through, point A to point B, a few stops on the way, and, and nothing can touch it. But it's not suitable for most people's needs, let's face it. It's lovely, and it's glossy, and it makes headlines, and, ooh, look at that. So it's good for the image of the bus, but it's not what you could expect most of the time. You could expect a nice, clean electric bus, comfortable, and all the rest, all the stuff that you never think of nowadays when you think of the bus. And you should also not forget that a bus doesn't have to be a big thing on wheels. That you know, double deckers, and that, there's lots of different kinds of buses, little hopper buses, or even a, a car sharing scheme counts as a bus if that's what's suitable in your community. So, villages and towns that had a bus 20 years ago and haven't seen one since, it just forces young people back into the towns and cities so they can live their life, and it makes life difficult. And you know, in those communities that have lost all their amenities anyway, so. As a, if you want a thriving community throughout the area, and what you need really is to think transport whenever you're putting any kind of housing in place, like you've got that new Horndean site with 700 homes, absolutely nothing planned for public transport. That's just bizarre. It shouldn't be allowed to get planning until you 
worked out how everybody's going to get there and get home again. So those kinds of things need to be um, planned in from the start. And Mm. we've been banging on for a while now that we need a national strategy so that if you're going to get greener, if you're going to get cleaner, it's going to get people's lungs full of something other than particulates off the road and fumes from diesel and all the rest of it. What you really need is, is a joined-up strategy that's based on where people want to go, where they want to go from, when they want to go, and how they want to make that journey. Because you don't want to be changing four times just to go on a 10-minute journey. You want enough of a jigsaw of transport that means you can make your journey without actually getting tangled up and missing this one yes. and, and, and hope, all that kind of stuff. And hopefully this £5 billion will go somewhere towards that, which is nice because it's not just London we're talking about, obviously. you know, This is our local yeah. area, isn't it? So um, Absolutely. I mean, London gets plenty of money for Yes. Um, and everybody says it's the best, it's the best. Well, it kind of, I mean, there's a lot. And obviously one can see why everybody's envious of, of buses um, in London because it just seems so simple. But there's also millions and millions more people all stuck in more or less the same place yeah. in London. So it's kind of easy to funnel them onto the main roads. That's not the case in most areas, particularly coastal and rural areas. They they have a lot more um, challenges for people who are trying to plan the transport. So it's going to take a bit of time, but at least now there's a sort of an, a pot of gold in sight that if they yeah. come up with a good idea, they ought to be able to find funding to make it a reality. Fair fingers crossed. Well, Claire, look, we've run out of time. It's good to talk to you. Thanks for coming on. I do nice appreciate it. Claire, can we come back to you uh, in future of weeks? Because I'm sure there's lots more we can talk about, Claire. Uh, it's quite a Anytime sort of you like. Bless you, darling. Uh, and uh, right, we'll you. catch up uh, well soon. Uh, Claire Waters, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. All right, take care. Regards to all. Bye. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. Claire Walters, Chief Exec there of Bus Users UK, was some sort of lights at the end of a very dark tunnel. has been for certainly a few years or so. 93.7 Express FM. Look at that, 8.30 just about. Time is flying again this week. Express this week, we're live to 9 o'clock. And we welcome our profile guest. Great to get him back with us uh, for another little chat, as we did, uh, I think, this time last year. But it's uh, Fiona and it's Elaine from the Hampshire Genealogy Society here in Portsmouth. Ladies, good evening to you. Hi, Chris. Was it this time last year? I think it was a what? bit later. Bit later. Summertime. Yeah, summertime. Was it? Mm. it was definitely light when we left. It was definitely left. light driving oh, back. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't tend it's light out there. <laughs> uh, it's great to get you back in. Actually, it's quite a nice time of the year to get you in because obviously it was sort of in that sort of in-between period. We've had Christmas, not quite a spring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we need something just to... To well, occupy ourselves. To stimulate yeah. the yeah, mind. Absolutely. And this yeah. certainly does that, doesn't it? Oh, I mean, yeah. Since the last time uh, you, you came in, uh, I guess you've been busy? Very busy. Yeah. Very busy. Been working on the website over the winter. So yeah. that's really up and running now. Really recommend that people have a look at that. 
Okay, so we'll give and, you all the details at the end. Yeah, yeah and I've got all the uh, speakers organised for this year, and I've even got some speakers uh, for next year, for 2021, which wow. is quite an achievement. Okay, and, um, forward yeah. planning, you see, always helps. <laughs> Definitely always does. Always helps. Uh, I mean, yeah, genealogy is still big, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah. not gone away. I don't think it is going to go away. No, I don't. are just yeah. now so yeah. infatuated with, with mm. all of it and what have you. Uh, I remember from last time you came in, and you said sort of work backwards. I mean, if someone said, you know, I want to trace my family tree, how do I start? You know, where, where does it all happen? Right, well, you start with yourself. I would suggest that you write down your date of birth and hopefully you know your parents' names and their dates of birth, perhaps when they were married. You may be able to have details of their parents, your grandparents on both sides. So immediately you've gone back hundred years probably if not more it just depends obviously um, on things like that and then what I always urge everyone to do is to write their autobiography which might seem very grand and all of that but I'm not saying write you know 20,000 words or more but if you write down you know your siblings um, their names when they were born where you've lived over the years if you happen to move so this kind of information will then enable you to track what was happening at that time shall we say in the area that you were living at in um you can write down what you used to play with what your pastimes were and what schools you attended because all this information is for the future generations when they want to know about you. I mean, for instance, if you take a memorable occasion, I mean, I remember when uh, first man walked on the moon. I had this image that I came home from school to watch it on television. But when I actually read about it, and it was the anniversary quite recently, it happened overnight. So I can't have walked home from school. I obviously saw it on television, but not then. I remember when Alec Rose brought in Lively Lady after him uh, having sailed around the world. Now, that was quite an amazing occurrence. So things like this can sort of build up a picture of your history. Um, so that's the first step. Another good step is to look at photographs. Now, I'm sure we've all got photographs, and I'm not talking about the ones on our phones, which they are great. However, who knows who these people are? It's much better when you've got the old black and white photographs, maybe. Oh, you can't beat them, can you? Oh, they're wonderful. Yeah. Um, but again, you need to write down who these people are to enable you or your future, your children, children, etc., etc., can actually... Get the information from there. You may have photographs who you don't know who they are. Ask someone else in your family. They may be able to at least tell you, oh no, that wasn't our family, so it wasn't your maternal grandmother, but it was your paternal grandmother. So, you know, and you've got to look at... So there's quite a lot of detective work going on here. Oh, yeah. We are Genealogy detectives. is detective work. That it's, mm -hmm. One that is what it puzzle. is. It's mm -hmm. basic, I like to think of it, it's almost being nosy going backwards 
because you are you are nosing around the lives of people who aren't here anymore. Um, I did hear uh, someone say once that um, family historians were journalists that are looking backwards instead of forwards, and I think that's quite true because we are really yes. nosy people. <laughs> oh yes, I mean you, you have to be nosy, but the other thing is you've got to be careful what you might find mm. out. You never know what you're you, going to find. You, you oh, never know. A few skeletons. Yeah. Oh, oh what? Yeah. I could, do you want yeah. me to relate you a lovely story? Then? <laughs> got about a skeleton in my cupboard well besides just photographs there's obviously lots of other documents you might have well I found my grandmother's birthday book which she was given by a friend in 1911 and in it she wrote besides just birthdays she put in like when her brothers came out of the army after World War One the best one though was the date of her parents' marriage. She had put it in her book as the 1st of February, 1885. And the wedding certificate itself shows the 1st of February, 1886. And she was born on the 8th of May, 1886. So, and, and you have to be very, very careful. You have so to be... I was looking at someone's family tree and um, and I'd always been told certain facts. And as soon as I started looking, I saw that there was quite a gap between the wedding, the birth and the wedding that mathematically didn't work out right. And so you have to be very, very careful, especially if you're doing it on behalf of other people, mm, yes. because they might not realise things that have happened in their family that are, they're recorded in official documents, but what families say doesn't always match up to the official records. No, no. So. A lot of it can be hearsay too. Oh, oh, yes. oh, yes. I mean, the stories you can have yes. from, you know, Uncle George came and visited us every year and then you suddenly discover there is no Uncle George. It could be his middle name. I mean, mm. my father... Or nickname, I suppose. Or nickname, yeah. even. Yeah. I mean, yeah. my father was Theodore Henry. He was named after his father. Um, but he was never known by that. He was known as Harry. So, mm. you know, you have to be... You've got to be aware of shortened versions yes. of names or, as you say, yep. nicknames, because it does and spelling all the time. And spellings. Oh, spellings are the killer. Absolutely Especially surnames, killer. I would think. Yeah. A nightmare. I, I had um, oh. a query once. Um, a gentleman was... He was looking for a wedding of his ancestor who was named Wright, and he'd been looking for it R-I-G-H-T and I suggested some other spellings and we we've, we found it but because he was insistent that the way it was being his by his spelling it was correct he's missed out on a whole branch of investigating his family tree because it, people wrote things phonetically even the village priest who would have probably had more of an education mm. than a lot of the people in the parish they, you could have one family member being born one year and it would be spelt one way and the same priest would write it differently wow. for the next child and differently again for the next child and even differently again for the child yeah. after that. There's no consistency in spellings. So if you're ever looking on anything on a search engine, do it phonetically. Use the asterisks. It is your saviour when you're doing family history. Right. And also you can have someone with a different accent as well, yeah. which can, you know, 
And this is where you come ways. in, isn't it, really? But this oh. is your, you can help the detective, I suppose. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. because unfortunately not everything online is right, e- not even on certificates. Mm. I have a birth certificate that was dated the 31st of February. <laughs> well, that so, make sense. so even an yes. official document is not right. So no. you, yeah. I mean, and there's so much stuff that is online, but we always say you've got to at least have two or three proofs that you know, a fact mm. is correct before you say, yes, that's definite, you know, and then you can't always be 100% right. Very true. Passionately Portsmouth. Express FM. Yeah, 16 minutes away from nine. Chazzy after nine o'clock tonight, ready to rock your socks on. As usual here, Express 93.7 FM, we're on DAB Digital Radio, right across Portsmouth. And we're online as well at expressfm.com and one of those smart Alexa type things. Uh, which actually, Dave listens to us uh, every week on that. And Dave's got a question for our profile guest tonight. So, girls, I've got a question from Dave who listens to us every week uh, online. Uh, he's saying here, my daughter's done the DNA route to genealogy, took her immediately back to the 1400s. I'm dubious. What do your guests think? Well, it really depends which DNA test she has taken. When it says it's taken her back to the 1400s, it's possible that it will give a link back to that period, but whether or not you can, can't definitely say, I really need to know what test she's taken. And the other thing is you need, with a DNA test, to do your actual physical family tree mm-hmm. as well. You can't do one without the other. They both... And it will help. Um, But back to the 1400s, again, that is going to become very difficult with family tree. Mm. But you can do the research. It just depends where they originated from. Because DNA is all this in thing now, isn't it? Yeah, and I think there's a lot of people that are buying the DNA kits and thinking, oh, so my family must come from Scandinavia, I must have European ancestry. Um, But with, as Fiona said, without doing the actual documentary evidence as well, it's not a standalone thing. It supplements the research. Um, So, yeah. It can help break down brick walls, Mm. but you do need both together, without yeah. a doubt. And the other thing is you do come into ethics with this as well. Oh, what are you so. going to find out? Mm. And it, that, I mean, that's a totally, that's another subject matter, which we mm. could do on another <laughs> night. Perhaps we'll get, we'll get you back in. I'm sure Dave will hear me back in. In but, fact, I yeah. know that Fiona's had um, people talking about ethics at the at speakers yes, at a group meeting. And yeah. there are a lot of speakers at the moment going round to family history group meetings okay. because the ethics involved in family history History, especially now with DNA and also recording things on the internet as well and keeping records online that there, there is a lot of ethical issues well it comes back it. to getting it right isn't it what we were well, saying it before is, the break, because yeah. you know I, I mean you never know what a DNA test is going to throw out up so I really do think that there is a lot more to it than just Mm. You know, yeah. oh, I'm going to take a DNA test. I mean, I've taken a DNA test. Mm. And it's very frustrating when you go online and you suddenly, oh, I've got all these matches. But it's not, it doesn't mean, to, yes, you may have all these matches, but some of them could be eighth cousins, which mm. really are not 
it's just yeah. not but it's like i mean me and my dad it, for, for us family history is a shared hobby and between the pair of us we've been doing it probably for 40 odd years and we thought we had it covered and he just recently did a dna test and it came back that he had five percent spanish and we were like well where's that come from then no idea where that's come from so we're now both going back to the family trees and we're going back through it again and re-evaluating it to see where this spanish has come from well i've got 18 percent um swedish Ooh. and i have no idea where that one's come from no uh, but so. you haven't been able to trace it back through family tree at all no, no. i haven't done any no. I, I have not got any research mm. that takes me back to there no so mm. well not necessarily i have got some huguenot um and i know they came from well what is now holland yes so it's possible that it's in that area as i said and you see the res- these where it says oh you've got so much from sweden denmark germany america etc <laughs> It depends on how many people have actually tested. These figures are mm. constantly changing. Yeah. You can't say that the, that, more pe- the more people who test, the more accurate these results will yeah. be. And in this country, there aren't as many, shall we say, as there has been in America. Mm. So the results are slightly different. So the Jews are out on that one, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, it's coming on. It's coming on. But, but always do it. In, in in conjunction with what I would call the paper research. Oh, you have to. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And this comes back to, obviously, we were saying about getting you guys involved and perhaps someone like Dave getting involved with his local genealogy society. Yeah, course. local history society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Get yeah. involved yeah. in that. Uh, and the thing yeah. is, you don't have to be a member to right. utilise the support of your local family history society. If you've got any queries about how to do your research or if you're looking, you've got a relative in a certain area, as Fiona said, she's got people contacting her from Australia, you know, because they've got Hampshire ancestry, they might have ancestry all over the world, but they're coming to HGS just to ask specific questions about those Hampshire-based relatives. And you can contact family history societies all over the country. Every single county in every single part of the UK has a family history society. And if people don't utilise them, then they're going to die. So family history, there's lots of stuff online but it, it always needs to be done in conjunction with the original documents it's in the, the county. It's the personal yeah, touch, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. 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 So utilise your family history, not just HGS, all of them. They're, they're all really important to family history. OK, so use them or, or lose use them. Yeah. Really. Because but, um, we've, we've got resources yeah. at our HQ at Cosham. I was, was going to yeah. say, you're quite active, aren't you? Here yeah. In, oh, yeah, we are, yeah. yeah. And, and, but we don't just hold Hampshire... No, we've got unwanted certificates that... So people have, over the years, they've bought certificates, realised that they're not the right ones or realised that they don't need them. So they've uh, donated them to HGS. And then anyone can get in contact and just ask us if, if we've got the certificate. So before you buy one from the archives... See if we've got a copy that you can have, and we've got them for, all the over the UK. You mean, you mean from the GRA? Yeah, from yeah. the GRA. GRA sorry, to get yeah. your certificates all over the country. So I think we've got. If I say, I might say we've got thousands of them. I don't think I'll be wrong if I say really? we've got thousands okay. of them. But we've got sort of. We have um, at the centre. We have a lot of. Uh, Books, literature, mm. microfiche with parish registers. We ha- we do um, CDs yeah. with monumental inscriptions. And the whole catalogue is online. Yeah, I was just going to say that. We're, we're doing a, a facility now where um, 
if you have a look at have a look on the catalogue online, and there's a book about Durley, and you know your ancestor came from Durley. Contact our research centre, ask the volunteers just to have a look in the index, see if your ancestor is mentioned in there at all. They'll email you back and let you know. So, you know, it, it's, a ma- it's a fantastic resource that our volunteers are providing. OK, and that is based in Cosham. Mm-hmm. So, yes. yeah, we're lucky really to have the, 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 mm. the actual Hampshire group itself based in, yeah. in Cosham, which is nice. Uh, and, and again, people can go up there. Yeah, yeah but uh, is it Cosham Library? Right in no, no, no. It's a dedicated building. We have a dedicated <coughs> building, uh, Northern Road, Northern Road, Cosham. Yeah, and it's close. open. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, every day apart from Monday, back apart. Yeah, uh, ten till one. Mm. They're open. But okay. if you get in contact with us, you know, if you're coming from a fair distance, get in contact with us beforehand and we can arrange for a volunteer to be there with you. OK. Now, we, we, perhaps we should come up and um, and do a piece with you up there. Oh, I oh, think that you should. That would be excellent. Yeah. yeah. And perhaps perhaps I think we'll you should. Yeah. Or how about coming up to one of our meetings? Perhaps we'll sort something come out. Ports, and, come up yeah. to one of our Portsmouth yeah. meetings. And, and, and see it in action sort of thing. Oh, the uh, Portsmouth group we'll, we'll are a lively group. It's worth going to visit them. <laughs> We've got to get out alive, that's the question. But but I mean it's worth exploring, isn't it? And all the details on the on the, to get involved and all the other hints really, mm-hmm. I guess, on the website, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. There's loads of information on the website. www.hgs-familyhistory. Um, there's loads of information on there. Um, all the information about the groups. We've got the yeah. catalogue. If you're already a member, there's online databases which aren't available anywhere else. We've just put up the Wheels Beneficiary Index, okay. which I think has got about 191... 90,000 listings there's a lot of listings on there a lot of listings and we're releasing new data all the time Wow, so it's always been updated. Always oh, being yes. updated. Yeah. That yeah. must be a tough job for well, someone to there go into. So much stuff still yeah. to be put on there. Really? But it's yeah. time. It, it sort of to transcribe information onto any system mm. takes a lot of time and obviously it's got to be double checked. Yes, well because you can get released. typos, can't you? Yeah. Oh easily. Yeah. This is why we've always said you should always, if you possibly can, look at an original document mm. and not a transcription or an index because errors creep in we all yeah. make errors we are human because you know spelling like you said earlier yeah yeah and the thing is and we, um, we do st- it, it still happens now if you happen to be looking at our catalogue and you spot a spe- spelling error let us know because we're all volunteers we do this in our spare time we're up against it sometimes <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> with deadlines and things like that so errors do happen but you know if you spot something let us know and we'll change it well, fantastic. Well, look, we're out of time. I can't, the clock has beaten us. Uh, and I know uh, as well, Elaine, you had a bit of a nightmare journey come down oh, the A3 tonight. Avoid the A3 southbound. Uh, and I can say that chance has arrived in the building safe and sound thanks to your tip. <laughs> <laughs> Don't so, go near the A3. Yeah, yeah. So that's fine. That's sorted. But yeah, so, yeah, the A3 tonight. Oh, yeah, best love on But Can I just give a plug for the next meeting? Um, please, please. So the next yeah. Portsmouth meeting uh, is on Monday, the 2nd of March and details of where we meet which is the Lynx Cosham Baptist Church 7 for 7.30 and we have Phil Brown who's going to talk about his journey of researching his own family history and studying genealogy and he has now become a professional genealogist so he I know the guy and he is 
fun to be with Fantastic. and it will be a great mm. talk. Would, so yeah. look forward to seeing yeah. you there. Yeah, and let's give out the phone number because if people want to get in touch by phone, they can do that uh, at the office, yeah? Uh, I've got it on the screen, so don't panic. Uh, 02392 is the number there. 02392 You should have seen that Fiona's face went white as a ghost. Uh, 02392 is the number there to get in touch with uh, the Hampshire Genealogy Society. Uh, caution office in Northern Road there and, then, and they'd be able to help you and give you all the info and uh, all some tips and things like that. Girls, thanks for coming in. Good to see you both. Will you come back a little bit later on? Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. That would be wonderful. Okay, because something very exciting may happen to this programme, so uh, I'd like to be oh, part okay. of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And uh, perhaps we'll get you back in, in a few months' time. Oh, that would be great. And come up and have, you know... If yeah, we can sort it out, uh, be either Live before broadcast. or after... I don't know if you're right. Now, Elaine, you're pressing your luck there, love, I tell you. Always you're do that. Your... Yeah, wow. Well, yes. Yeah. Uh, right, anyway. <laughs> Thanks to our guest tonight, Elaine and Fiona from the Hampshire Genealogy Society. Uh, next week, Friends of the Earth, Susan the Holt, our profile guest, and more of the week's news and news too. Live as always here at 8 o'clock. Have a fabulous seven days. Look after yourself. Stay dry. Night-night. No,